Welcome to Spider-Verse Minute, the tri-weekly podcast where we watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse one minute at a time. I'm Caroline Slater. And I'm her brother, Sean. And today we are discussing Minute 42. It begins with Miles questioning Peter and ends a minute later with Peter glitching out. And what did you title this minute? Uh, I have titled this one, A Really Good Guess. <laughs> <laughs> Up. Unless you wanted to start this, I don't know. How no, you you go ahead. The minute picks up with the cutoff line, which just to remind everybody is that uh, then why are you? And just Miles just rattles off like, then why aren't you dead? Why is your hair different? And this is my favorite question. And why is your body a different shape? Yeah, um, and then Peter's just like, yeah, pretty sure you just called me fat. He's like, no. <laughs> pretty fast now <laughs> i also i also love peter's like jab back which is um you're wanting to talk most superheroes don't wear their own merch however it did make me think he says most superheroes yeah Does that mean there are superheroes who do wear their own merch <laughs> and then i remember deadpool exists i'm like oh yeah no there's totally superheroes who wear their own merch <laughs> i like then Miles goes in and tries to rattle off a bunch of different things. And he's, you know, are you a ghost? Are you a zombie? And then he's like, wait, am, am I a zombie? zombie? <laughs> yeah. I want to know what his thought process there was. Because I wrote that down too. It's like, what do you think happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also like like the the gag of, you know, quick guesses and then like a really in-depth correct guess of like, you know, just like, mm, ghost, no, zombie, no. Are you, and then, you know, are you from you a parallel universe where things are different? Yeah. And I love Peter's rush, like, wow, that was really a guess. It was really just a guess. Yeah. And I like how, you know, he, he you know, says it like, oh yeah, we just learned it in physics because, you know, at the beginning of the movie, we were watching, um, uh, Dr. Octavia talking about parallel universes in the Collider um, mm -hmm. in his physics classroom, uh, which I thought was a great little, like, you know, they didn't have to make that class physics that, like, that stuff was happening in the background, but, mm -hmm. like, it makes it that much better that it's, you know, this could have been an easy throwaway line, like, oh, yeah, we were, you know, learning yeah. about it in physics, whoop de doo um, And then just having that, like, you know, put a smile on my face. Yeah, it's it's great because that moment earlier, and we talked about it when we did that minute too, but it serves for great, amazing foreshadowing. It makes this connection really well, and it's a cool, like, almost callback. Like, oh, hey, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, really? You learned about that in physics? Like, it makes sense, too, with the school. Like, they showed that the schools were, like, super smart kids. So it would yeah. make sense that, like, even though Miles is only in middle school, that they're talking about quantum theory. Yeah. So I have a question for you, because it sounds yes. like you might have an answer for this. 17. How, how did Peter get out of those bindings? Well, easy. We were watching the hands. You need to watch the... Or, sorry. We... <laughs> Let me try that again. Go for it. It's easy. We were watching the mouth, not the hands. Um, <laughs> which, I do love that line. Like, it's a great so line. So I think, I, I, I think he was just... Um, like, you know, there was probably a knot that he was able to, like, loosen up just enough. And then because of that, like, 
I, I bet Miles ended up like tying a bunch of things together instead oh, of like probably. wrapping them around it individually. And so once he got like whatever not needed to be untied, like everything else just became loose. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, his like first lesson, watch the mouth or don't watch the mouse, watch the hands. <laughs> like that really reminded me of like in football and in wrestling when we're always told to watch the hips because hips <laughs> don't lie. Because um, <laughs> if you... Um, if you know it's when people true. are running or, or you know doing any sort of movement um, you know they can dance around all they want with their feet but wherever their hips go that's where the rest of their body is going to go mm -hmm. um, and so this was very reminiscent of, the, of that of like you know kind of the same thing with you know magicians have the same sort of thing is that misdirection is mm -hmm. you know make sure you, you know what you're watching it's also very similar to stage combat because I want to throw stuff in here too yeah <laughs> is the whole thing about stage combat is the illusion of violence so our whole thing is to be a bit more over the top especially when you're using swords yeah and same with non-armed too but especially when you're using swords like you'll use very fancy moves that are actually very ineffective in an actual sword fight because it takes too long yeah. but it helps tell the story or it's like it's a good way to just like here i'm going to distract the audience with my great sword movement while my partner gets ready to do something else yeah like it, it's used yeah. in theater a lot watch the flourish that you don't watch the the other guy like obviously getting into place yes watch the flourish so you don't see the other person slapping their chest to make the punch noise like, it's things like that, or it's like, yes, keep an eye on the amazing dancing people so you don't see costume change happening in the background, and all of a sudden, like, oh, it was a magical transformation. Yeah. Like, it's things like that. It, it's, it's a great line. Yeah, and I thought this was, you know, this is also a great meeting, first meeting for the two characters, really, like, um... First time they're able to talk to each other. I was going to say, what, you don't think the shocking is a great first meeting? I think no, it's an amazing No, I, I usually don't think the first time I meet someone, like, a great way to get off on the right foot is to knock them unconscious. I think it's better to tie them up and start interrogating them. <sighs> okay. Traditional. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, yeah, it's a great way to kind of show off their two personalities. Um, you, you really see Miles, like hopping around and and like very kid-like mm -hmm. uh i was just gonna say i, I also want to just give a shout out to the voice actors i'm not a hundred percent sure on how they uh recorded the voices on this because there's a few ways it can be done um and each one has a strength and each one has a weakness so the more traditional uh way to get voice actors to record is they'll have them in rooms individually so it'll just be yeah. like It'll just be Peter's voice actor in that room, and he'll just read off a bunch of his lines, and then he'll do it in different inflections and stuff, and that's the more traditional way to do voice acting. So you're not working off anybody, which you tend to do in acting. That's help with a lot of the emotion. You have to trust the director to get the read they want. Um, but there have also been movies and shows as well that will have all the voice actors in one room, and they'll talk and record with each other and you can get a bit more of a natural's not the right word but a, a more of a realist it feels more realistic organic i think yeah. is the better word a more organic performance from the actors because they actually are bouncing back and forth and you don't have to worry about like oh these characters have to talk over each other 
how are we gonna like you don't have to worry about layering because they're in the same room you just talk uh, yeah. one of my favorite movies that has done that it was really the first time i ever heard of that technique happening i'm like more movies should do this but i also again there's weaknesses to it is uh tale of despero the way they did a lot of those scenes was they did they wanted it a more organic or more like back and forth between the characters so they had them record in the same room so i don't know how they did it here but who if they did it in the same room or if they did it separately i believe most of it was in the same room mm -hmm. um and maybe they did some adr you know after the fact mm -hmm. outside the same rooms but they because they were talking about how, and, and we mentioned it in the when miles's dad picks him up in the police car in the mm -hmm. cruiser um they recorded that like sitting in that seating arrangement that's right um so it makes sense if they did it for that to like have them do it for other mm -hmm. scenes as well um now this one might have was probably just them like facing each other they probably didn't have you know um one of the guys tied tied up yeah. um uh, i just wanted to bring it up because the back and forth between miles and peter is so good yeah and whether that is just based off of a director giving them great directions on their own and getting great takes or if it's the fact that the actors just got a had great back and forth in the studio is I, 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 it's a great job. That's my point. <laughs> yeah. I also thought that this, um, like the animators do a really good job of, you know, enhancing the, the voice actors in this. Oh, definitely. Um, because they definitely made Miles feel like a kid in this where he's mm -hmm. bouncing around. He still looks a little awkward and clumsy, but like he's excited to. thousand questions per minute. Yeah. Um, and I loved like at one point as he's trying to follow Peter around, like, you know, keep facing him as they're rotating, mm -hmm. he does this little just like hop to keep up. Mm -hmm. Um, and like one of the, uh, I forget if it was in the director's or animator's commentary, but one of them said like, oh, we kind of wanted him to feel a bit like Bambi, um, and that sort of like bouncing around, but like also awkward, um, Aww. at the same time. Um, and I thought they did a good job of capturing that. Um, and they were even saying like this was an extra difficult shot to do uh, because it was rotating around, but you mm -hmm. also had like the lighting where one side was dark and one side was light. And you had to figure out where to place those lights mm -hmm. in the room properly. Um, and they had all of those ropes uh, on Peter. And those are also hard to animate properly yeah, uh, because it's a lot of small cloth, cloth simulation mm -hmm. Um and like a lot of independent cloth simulation, which is very difficult uh, mm -hmm. to get done um, in a realistic way. So yeah, they were saying just how that was, you know, this was one of the more difficult things to get right. And the fact that it turned out so well is, is I also awesome. just realized not only did they have to worry about like one side of the room being lit really well, but like that lighting also has its multiple sources. It's not like a single yeah. source, which complicates things even more. Like, that's already hard to do when you're just focusing on the single light part to, to yeah. get that right. Or, like, but you put multiple sources in there and it's like, oh, gosh, that's complicated. Yes, very, very complicated. Those, I know, I always hated in my animation, like, in my uh, computer graphics classes, mm -hmm. um, when we had to deal with multiple light sources, it was always a lot easier to just make the sky produce light. <laughs> um, and, like, we talked about the different ways of, like, a lot of times, 
um, this was more in like focusing on games, but mm-hmm. um, like a lot of times if there's a sun, literally the way you calculate light is just to make the whole sky produce light <laughs> and, ca- and calculate it that way instead of trying to do a single like, like point sun. of light mm-hmm. um, because the way the sun like functions is it's so far away it it acts in the same exact way as just a sheet of light like a wall of light coming oh, down okay. versus having like a single light bulb that's a lot mm-hmm. closer and directed <laughs> um and having to like calculate the way that bounces around um so it was always a lot easier it's like okay one source of light it's just a wall <laughs> i could do that <laughs> it, oh i did bring this up and i want to bring it up now like i brought it that they have multiple sorts of lights but now it just makes me question why does Uncle Aaron have so many lights? It looks like so. It looks like it's the various lamps that are around his apartment. Okay, because they're set up almost like spotlight lights, like stage yeah. lights. Yeah, so um, it's like, actually really cool. Uncle Aaron has stage lights. Yeah, the the one on the kitchen counter is just like a normal like side table light mm-hmm. laid on its side, and then the lampshade, <laughs> like the shade. Um, is tilted up that way and then there's another one on the floor that looks like a desk light that you would tilt down that's just tilted up Mm -hmm. Um, and so it just seems like he's got them all angled and you just happen to be looking directly into the the light part of it um, that you don't normally look at Um, (laughs) (laughs) because it's really bright and not fun to look at and then the the last thing I have um, is when after Peter works his magic <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, releases all of the the light the the ropes. Um, when he jumps down the uh, fire escape, he glitches, and you know this is the second time we see something glitch. Yes, the first time is with the spider in the uh, subway. The only other thing I have, uh, and it's the last thing I have. Is right before that glitch when he's like leaving the, out the window. Well, there's two things actually I like because I just remembered this. So first off, when he kicks the punching bag, which is not what you're supposed to do, Peter. It's a punching bag, not a kicking bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but and Miles gets sits into the door. First off, Miles' shoes fly shoe flies off. Flies off. Yeah. Which made me chuckle. Uh, but then the second thing that Peter does that we see later, but I kind of like it cool that they do it here, is that he shoots a web and covers Miles' mouth. Yeah, they do the web, like, what's that called? Gag, I guess. Web gag? The web gag? Yeah, the web gag, that that's a gag. Um, <laughs> yay, double meaning words. Um, but yeah, I, I do like that little power. that, And they use it a couple times in the comics and whatnot, and it's mm-hmm. just like... That would not be a fun thing to to have get shot to your face, especially for someone with facial hair. I imagine that oh. would just get all stuck up in there and oh. their you know hair and whatnot. You would have spider webs in your beard for so long. Yeah, I I well I think it dissolves pretty quickly. Like that's usually something they kind of bring up is it dissolves after an hour or two. But oh, yeah, okay. I could still like that would not be fun for those couple of hours that it's stuck in there. That's the last one I have for this minute. Was there anything else you wanted to add? No, uh, that's everything I had as well. So thank you for joining us this week and finishing out today with Minute 42. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Twitter at SpiderverseMin, M-I-N, or reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube at SpiderverseMinute. And if you want to send an email, you can shoot one over to podcast at SpiderverseMinute.com.
Thanks for listening. Bye.